but it really culminated on this September day when I um, read a text message on his phone that essentially um, said that he had been having an affair. And it ended my world in five minutes. Like, the end. Actually, he was in the shower when I read the text. I slammed the door open, and I went in, and I turned the water off, and I said, get the fuck out of my house, and don't ever come back. And that was the end of our marriage, and the end of my life, as I knew it, completely. I, I thank God, and I thank the universe that somehow I had the strength, and that it turned out the way that it did, because losing everything, and kind of starting at the worst possible place you can be, both financially and all of that, um, you have nothing to lose, and so I just turned that into a fire and a motivation to never be in a position like that again. You are now tuned in to the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lidor Who Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your lovely, sexy host, Lido Dayan. And in this interview, I had a very special guest, like I always do, of course. And her name is Sarah Centrella. And this is a very, very interesting and amazing woman. First of all, she's amazing because she's very, very humble. And uh, she is really, really raw and real, which I really liked about her because she's not trying to look good in front of cameras or when I put, for example, okay, let's start the episode and all of a sudden she is somebody else. No. She was really, really herself. And this is what I love about most people that I get to interview here because most of them are not trying to fake it. They are just, this is the way they are. And Sarah is amazing because her life story is really, really amazing. What you will see from this interview and she's been through a lot and this is a very, very great example of most of us entrepreneurs about what is consistency, what is vision, what is dream and that no matter what obstacle we have in our life, then as long as we see the big picture, the dream, the vision, we just don't stop. And Sarah is a very, very great example. So without further ado, let's begin this interview. Welcome, Sarah, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm really honored to have you here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nidor. I'm very, very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. So uh, before we start, if you can, please uh, introduce yourself to the audience uh, for people that might not uh, know who is uh, Sarah Centrella. Yeah, absolutely. So I am um, an author and um, a master life coach. That's kind of what I do for my passion um, and for a living. And, uh, personally I'm a single mom. So that is a big part of my story. Actually, it's kind of like where my story started. So, um, I'm a single mom. I have three kids that aren't as little as they used to be, but, um, yeah, entrepreneur, you name it. <laughs> you're, you're very humble, uh, really, really humble. So if you can take us a little bit back, uh, about your story, how you began your entrepreneurship, what got you started all of this? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, everything that I teach now and um, the book that I wrote, which is called Hustle, Believe, Receive, came out about two years ago. Um, everything I do is based on my own personal journey. So I was never one of those people who just woke up one day and was like, oh, I'm going to be a self-help guru. I know mm-hmm. everything about self-help. Um, no, everything I teach is stems directly from um, my personal story and because I've used these tools over and over and over again and um, found that they've worked. So really it all started um, 10 years ago, actually. It'll be uh, 10, 10 years this uh, September. And it started with my world imploding <laughs> with hitting complete rock bottom. Um, and that happened when I, um, at the time it was married to my high school sweetheart and we had been together for 16 years. We've been married for eight years and we had, um, our twins were a year old. My son was five. And at that time it was not a great economic time. (laughs) You know, we were going through a big recession. We had just lost our house. So there was a lot going on, um, that hadn't been positive for a while, very stressful um, kind of situation, but it really culminated on this September day when I um, read a text message on his phone that essentially um, said that he had been having an affair. And it ended my world in five minutes, like the end. (laughs) Kaboom, bomb. So what's going on in in that moment? What, What do you do? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> apparently I'm not. Um, apparently my reaction isn't necessarily one that a lot of people have. I learned that later. Um, but my absolute first gut reaction, he was in the shower when I read the text, was I slammed the door open and I went in and I turned the water off and I said, "Get the fuck out of my house and don't ever come back." And he, and he knew. He didn't ask like minutes. why. What's happened? He, like, didn't even try to deny it, didn't try to really do anything. I think he was kind of, like, speechless. He knew, obviously. I'd, I'd never had a reaction like that in the 16 years I had known him. Um, and, yeah, he, like, put his clothes on soaking wet, kissed our kids goodbye, and threw his ring at me, and that was the end of our marriage and the end of my life as I knew it completely. And since then, you didn't talk with him, didn't, like, uh, met him again? Um, we really never, I filed for divorce later that week, so it's been all court stuff since then, you know, like he sees the kids every other weekend and stuff now, but, um, he does all the court mandated things, but yeah, as far as like our personal relationship, it was over, it was over. And, you know, for me, I think for me, I kind of always felt like, why would I want to be with somebody who has a whole nother life that I didn't know about when I thought we were best friends and, you know, like companions and going to be in this for life. Um, and also, you know, it just, I, I, I have never seen anybody quote, try to work it out and have a great relationship after. So I'm very glad that that was my gut reaction and he never, he never came back. He never, you know, it was just never a thing. So, um, I, I thank God and I think the universe that, somehow I had the strength and that it turned out the way that it did because losing everything and kind of starting at the worst possible place you can be, both financially and all of that, um, you have nothing to lose. And so I just turned that into a fire and a motivation to never be in a position like that again. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life. Do you believe that if that event uh, would not happen, do you still have the life that you experience today? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not even resemblance. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that, it's got like it's, nothing like it's got your fire out, like it's it's woke up your inner giant. Yeah, right? absolutely. And and I mean, I always believe that everything that happens to us happens to put us in line for what we are truly meant to be. You know, unless we're like completely dead to the universe and not paying attention at all. And um, truly, the life that I live now is the life that I thought I would live when I was a little girl or dreamed about living, I should say, when I was a little girl, mm-hmm. um, you know, traveling the world and being able to do what I love and, you know, being able to be a full-time mom to my kids and all of those things. So those are all things that I would not have ever been able to do had I stayed in the marriage um, and would have never known any of the things I know now. So it, it was, you know, my apocalypse, I call it, but it was also the best thing that's ever happened to me, truly. Because it gave me a chance to recreate my life and become anyone I wanted to be. So if we look back, okay, so you got to that moment, you say no more, enough is enough. So what's going? What's the step? What, what do you start? Uh, how did you like, okay, you start to improve your life? Because you know, it's not an overnight thing. And that, it's not just like one decision and all of a sudden your life changes. It's like step by step. It's a lot of right. progress. And uh, doing those, like uh, creating new habits, it's really, really hard to do. So yeah. how it's like, what it's like for you when you began? What did you do? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and I didn't really know that I was doing anything at the time and didn't know, you know, kind of everything that I know now until about 18 months in when I started getting results. And then I was like, oh, wait, I was doing something different all along. And I kind of had to go back and analyze and be like, what did I do? How do I do it again? Um, which is what I did for the book. And so to answer your question, the very first thing I think that was the catalyst to changing everything in my world was I... Even in the darkest moments of that, in the immediate aftermath, I had this tiny little voice in my head, and I believe that all of us have it, you know, whatever label we want to give it, we still have it, that is the alternate of the negative voice, right? So we have this negative voice that says, we can't do it, you know, this is impossible, it's hopeless, whatever. And then there's always this little contradictory voice that is probably quiet if we've silenced it most of our life like I had, and that voice just said, what if you can, you know, like, what if, like, let's say you could. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I kind of like allowed that thought to happen and allowed it to keep coming in. And the more, of course, you allow thoughts to happen, the bigger they grow. And that kind of turned into, well, I have to start over completely. Like I had to get a new career. I had, you know, everything. So then I was just like, well, I'm not going to rebuild my old life. So why can't I just do whatever I want or be whoever I want or, you know, and then I really started kind of thinking, well, what did I used to love? You know, what, what made me happy? And that kind of, this is the short answer is kind of starting with a dream or starting with hope. You know, you have to have something in, in you that's in all of us. We just either shut it up or we feed it that wants something different and that starts thinking about something different. And the more you do that, the more you grow that, the more kind of all types of possibilities come into your mind. And then the more you start to take action to draw them into your life. So how did you handle your, your fear? Because, okay, right now you're a single mom, you have three kids and 
okay, there is bills to pay, right? And you want right. to, to walk on your dream, but on the other side, there is reality. When reality sometimes is not really good and how we expect it to be, right? So how do you right. handle all of those, oh my God, overwhelming, like uh, those fears, those uh, how can I pay? Uh, I don't have enough money because you've been in that place. Right, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think initially, you know, what I'm doing now, I didn't even have an idea that I would ever be doing this. So initially what I, what my first dream was, was like, I just want to get a career and do what really well. You know what I mean? I was like, if anyone gives me an opportunity, I'm going to work my butt off because I have to, because I have to keep these kids and keep a roof over their head. Um, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I'm going to eventually rise, you know? So I had started like the very bottom in corporate sales in a corporate environment. So I thought, this is a chance, right? And so I just busted my butt and busted my butt and started to rise. So in the beginning, my quote dream or whatever was just to be able to like have a good job and pay my bills comfortably and take care of my kids and maybe, you know, take them on vacation or something once a year. Like that seemed really awesome to me. And then the more I, I kind of thought about that and built that out of my head and slowly started living it, the more I was like, well, wait, maybe there's more, maybe there's more, maybe there's more. And that has kind of morphed into the ridiculously gigantic dreams I have now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everyone can start somewhere. You know, you don't have to say on day one, wherever you're at in your life, oh, I want to be an author or oh, I want whatever. You know, what can you do right now in your life to improve your life and take it to the next level? And it was those kind of incremental successes, you know, at inside sales <laughs> mm -hmm. that gave me the confidence and also let me test out, you know, these theories and, and what I now teach, mm -hmm. um, to even give me a platform to be here today. So I just would encourage anyone who's listening to whatever you have in your life that you could do better, that you could test your theories, that you could test your will, that you could test your hustle, that you could test your belief in whether that's working out, whether that's eating better, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Start doing it now because that, you're going to start to build confidence and success through that that you can then translate into anything else in your life. You're making such a good point there because uh, I see like either for myself and other uh, entrepreneurs as well that uh, we tend to live like 10, 15, 20 years uh, in the future, which makes us like, okay, I have these bigger visions and da, da, da. And you started to, just like you said, like it's step by step. I, I yes. didn't like dream like too, too big. And when you do those little steps, eventually it rises you up to the top, right? Right. Which is much better than like when, whenever you're studying and like, okay, you see all or like 10, 15, 15, 20 years from now, which makes you always feel bad of right, where you right. are right now, which is very, very yeah. good. It makes you overwhelmed. And I think a lot of people are in that boat. They, they don't have any like dreams or goals in between where they are today and this gigantic end result. They're like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Whenever someone says that to me, I like laugh. I'm like, you know, okay, what is that, you know? Why? What's it going to do for you? How's it going to change your life? Where are you going to live? Where are you going to vacation? Who are you going to hang around with when you're a millionaire? Like, how did you get there? You know what I mean? And nobody knows any of that stuff. So for me, thank God I was able to kind of, like you said, take it step by step, just saying like, I want my whole world to look totally different next year. Mm -hmm. So how does it look a little bit like what's the next version of what I'm living now? What does it look like? And then next year, can I look back and say, yeah, I did that. Okay, so what's the next version? And what's mm -hmm. the next version? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, over time, I've been able to get some pretty big end goals, too. 
but the way I achieve them is by doing these incremental ones. Mm -hmm. What I love about you, I saw uh, your video on YouTube uh, about uh, you becoming an author, which was one of your dreams, <laughs> right? Like you yeah, always yeah. want to publish a book and seeing the journey of like over eight years, like many people like after six months, you know, 12 months, but you grind like year after year after year and you, you got a no after a no after a no and at the end like boom, you, you got that yeah. book out, which is amazing. I saw your tears in your eyes, it was like emotional moment for yeah. you, right? So yeah. can we it, it uh, can we uh, talk a little bit about uh, your book Hustle Believe and Receive and uh, what got you to start this book and how did you publish it and made it happen? Yeah, um, and you're right. I I had wanted to write a book for a long time. It wasn't initially Hustle Believe Receive. It was you know I'd written two other books that didn't get published before then. That was all part of this process. And the beautiful thing about any dream and about actually working towards it on a regular basis is that you get better as you go, right? Mm -hmm. You might get a lot of no's, and I got so many no's. I mean, the first two books didn't get published, right? Mm -hmm. So in that process, I learned so much. I actually learned the process that it takes to get a traditional book published, which is not something normal people know, you know? Like, it takes a lot of research and whatever. And so through that, I also became a writer. I wasn't a writer when I started. I was a shit writer. It was mm -hmm. terrible. Um, you know, so it, it took all of that. It took all those years of no and making it better and having other people read it and rewrite it 17 million times. I mean, I literally just threw away three cases, cases of printouts from the versions of this book. Mm -hmm. Like that's how many times I rewrote this book, you know? Wow. So it, but that's what it took in order to get finally a product that people were like, Oh wait. I want to read that, you know, and, and I got an agent and then I was able to get a book deal and all of that. But the, the idea from it really came, um, from the, from the people, from the people who had been reading my book or sorry, reading my blog for years and had been watching me start from scratch, um, and watching me have success and failure. <laughs> But I was always really honest about both and, and they were really loyal and they loved it. And they were like, well, how are you doing this? Like, I love that you're sharing your stories, but how? And so that's kind of where the idea came from. And then I, I kind of thought, well, I'm a single mom from Oregon. No one's going to listen to me. <laughs> you know, so I went out and I interviewed 50 other people wow. that I respected and that were in my circle that are living their dreams, whatever they are. You know, there's professional athletes in the book. There's coaches. There's, you know, a woman who started her own clothing line. There's all these different people who represent various dreams. And I interviewed them for their story, and then I realized that all of the eight things I had done to change my life and get success, they had also done. Mm -hmm. And so the book is kind of three parts. It's part my story, part each of their short stories, and then the eight things we did, and the homework, how the reader can do it too. So I'm all about giving tools that you can just do right then, pick it up, get what you need, and literally change your life. Can and you, it has. It's changed people's lives all over the world. It's been awesome. Can you share with us uh, a little bit about the eight steps, like uh, in a short brief, if you can? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we touched on the very first one, uh, dream it. So uh, that is absolutely ground zero. You have to have hope. You have to have a dream. And not just the idea of a dream. You have to like 
build that shit out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if if you tell me, like, oh, I want to be whatever, you know, a movie star or a bodybuilder or whatever, you better be able to tell me in so much detail that I'm transported so to specific. that day with you. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. have to build it out. Because it's that that brings you happiness while you think about it. It's that that gives you motivation to keep going when you want to quit. And I, I don't think people do that. I think a very small percentage of people naturally do that. But the cool thing is you can teach yourself how to do it. You know, it's just, it's repetition mm-hmm. and creativity and imagination and all of those kinds of things. And when you mean um, uh, dream it, you mean like write it down on paper, right? Not just like dream it I in your head. I actually just mean just have the idea first. Oh, so okay. I really broke it down okay. in very, very simple, mm-hmm. simple terms. So like having the idea of what you want to do in your life, what mm-hmm. you want your life to look like, what huge moments you want to live, who you want to live them with, just allowing, kind of the first step is just allowing the box around your world to fall apart. Okay. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to kind of blow that box up in order for you to see what is really possible for your life. And I think that's what Rock Bottom did for me, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I was like, whoa, I'm in a flat box. What happened? <laughs> you know, like, so if I'm going to build up walls, why don't I, you know, make them Gucci walls or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, Um, so that is probably the biggest struggle that most people have period when they start out is they can't see their life in any other way. They, they might see a one or two versions better, but you know, if I throw something out there that's totally out of left field, they would just be like, uh, what, you know, I couldn't do that or whatever. So that's what I really love to do with people in that step is just blow their mind, blow their mind. Like, what if it could be this? What if it could be that? And so once you start doing that, then you can relax into kind of doing the other steps, which is closing the gap between that dream and where you are right now. Um, and you, you have a good point. The write it is um, step four. So I totally believe that we do have to write down our goals um, and our plans and our story. We have to write a new story for our future. Um, and the book walks you through how to do all of that. Um, And I, I wrote, um, the first time I ever wrote a future story for myself was in 2011. Um, and at the time, I had just lost my job. And everything I had built that felt great <laughs> and all this you know, stuff that I had started manifesting and getting on my feet or whatever all fell apart. Our house flooded. I lost my job. You know, I was relying on the Red Cross to help me, for Christ's sake. It was just it was just kind of the second huge shakedown in my life where I was like this is so unfair I've worked so hard you know like why am I starting over um and I sat down and I wrote this future story of my life and I I said in, in my perfect in the perfect world on my perfect day I'm in Tuscany Italy mm-hmm. and I'm having a glass of wine and I'm looking out over the field and it makes me emotional to think about it but and my kids are out there and they're playing in the field they're playing soccer and like this is my perfect day And I put on there like what the date was five years into the future. And I was like, in 2016, you know, I'm going to be so-and-so old. My kids are going to be so-and-so old. This is going to happen. Flash forward to 2016, October, and I was in Tuscany having a glass oh, of wine. Man. And I was wow. that age, and my kids were all that age. Wow. So, wow, that's amazing. It worked. <laughs> it is actually when we see it in our heads something we actually yeah. see it and eventually it's gonna happen everything started That's in the inside right so if we, we look back okay so you say dream it is the first step what was the second step so the second step is think it 
Thank you. Um, okay. And that is huge. That's probably mm-hmm. a game changer for most people. It's the biggest game changer for me. It's the one I practice um, and fight against still <laughs> all the time. Um, and that is actually how to change your thoughts. Everyone says change your thoughts. Everyone says be positive. Mm-hmm. But I was like, how the F do you do that? <laughs> you know, like, how yeah. do I do that? I don't know. Like, my brain's just doing whatever it's doing. So this is really, there's, um, you know, very simple tools in there that teach just a regular person who's never read a self-help book before or has how to do it, you know, in really simple terms, um, in different circumstances, over different stressors. And once you start to do that, once you start dwelling on today and your current life and your current circumstances, and you start thinking and putting all of your focus on that dream and on where you want to go and allowing yourself to kind of build that out, then everything shifts. Everything shifts because the more you focus on today, the more you get days exactly like today, right? Mm. And nobody wants that. (laughs) (laughs) The more you focus on the fact I don't have any money, you're never going to have any money. Mm -hmm. So really just being committed to the fact that you want change in your life and then committing to change how you think about what's possible for you and what you allow to go on in your head. Yes, it's very true because the thinking is what will make us either make it happen or it will ruin our life. And uh, there is a good quote that says, uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? It's all a matter of like yeah. how we see stuff and what we think. And I believe it's a lot of uh, uh, limiting beliefs we have in our heads that we installed in the past because of certain circumstances, uh, certain events that happen in our life. So we limit ourselves. So what was it for you? What, how did you shift your thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is so, um, it can be really difficult. And like I said, it is the one thing that I still struggle with. Like if I notice I'm having an off day or maybe if I've let it go that long to have an off week, I'll go back and I'll be like, what have I been thinking about? And holy shit, of course. <laughs> you know, there wasn't anything positive in what I was thinking about. And so then now that I know these tools, I can be like, whoa, reset. I do not want to draw that into my life. Pause, shift my focus. Um, and for me, I had a couple areas that were always um, really self-sabotaging. So one was um, finances that I'd struggled with my whole life. Um, and another was like my weight or how I saw myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I kind of learned to change what I was constantly saying, and by constantly, I mean 24-7, every waking second of the day, I was telling myself negative stuff about myself and my financial situation. Mm-hmm. So it stands to reason <laughs> that I wouldn't have a great financial situation and I wouldn't, you know, probably look and feel my best. So once I, I realized, like, I didn't even really know how to, to change them yet, but I knew that I could at least stop that from happening, right? And I could at least stop talking about those things in a negative way. Um, and that was huge for me. Because I was like, I don't, I don't necessarily know what the positive is of this. I don't, I don't feel beautiful yet, or I don't feel rich yet. But guess what? I'm not going to keep poisoning my life mm-hmm. by saying all this negative stuff. Mm-hmm. That much I knew. Like the light had gone on there. And if your listeners do that alone, <laughs> that's going to change everything. Because then over time, then the positive of that is going to come. It's going to bubble up, right? Yes. So if you're no longer telling yourself, you know, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm whatever, all these negative things we say, 
then you're going to start to have the motivation to work out. You're going to start to have the motivation to feel better and eat better and whatever. So I had always struggled because all day long I told myself all this negative stuff and then I didn't have, you know, then like why would I want to go work out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think over time the more you do it and the more you practice it, the quieter that negative voice becomes and the more you start to believe your new story. And that's when everything really dramatically shifts. So, so you know, and it just happens over time. You just have to keep up, at, you know, keep on it. So your step three, you say, okay, after you think it, you, you stop your negative thinking? Step three is say it. Say so, it, okay. Yeah, so the next thing is stop speaking negativity. Uh-huh. So I just say stop bitching. Like, literally, anything you're bitching about, whatever. Whatever you don't like in your life. Mm-hmm. The more you do that, the more... that problem grows, the worse it gets, the more you're asking the universe to bring you, the more of the same. So it's like, that's just common sense. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and that was the thing, like, I, I didn't feel strong enough mentally to control my thoughts in the beginning, or I, I was learning how to do that. But I knew that I could control what came out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I get that. And um, so I think, like, just... putting only, you know, only speaking words that I wanted to come true in my future rather than cursing it all day long by so say it, say it out like. loud your dream say what you actually want for your life right not just yes. in your head like exactly. to other people you you mean right yes okay yeah and it's hard i mean i think a lot of people really struggle with that i certainly did in the beginning it's hard to say a dream that you're afraid people are going to make fun of you for or whatever um but the minute you do you get all kind of balls you didn't have before (laughs) and the universe is like waiting for you to do that too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like nothing is really going to start shifting in the direction you want to go until you can man up grow up and do it you know what i mean and actually like put it out there and say no this is what i'm doing this is where i'll be yes and once you do that all of a sudden you're like oh shit like now I gotta back it up right uh-huh. and you're all of a sudden like you got fire to back it up and then if people come at you with negativity you got more fire to back it up uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so true that's so that's so true because like many people have uh, a need for certainty though so until they actually see somebody do something or say something that the, uh, then they're like oh my god yeah he's right because great leaders come when they like they have fear but they do it anyway they still right. have the same emotion that anybody feels people look at them like oh my god but they they're humans we all have the same neurological right but it's just like okay we do it anyway we do yeah. it anyway because our dream is bigger than our fears yes absolutely i call it courage over fear because it takes a lot of courage to live your dream it takes a lot of courage and the fear never goes away the fear is always there it's just knowing how to handle it and also knowing when it's put in your path to make you pause To make you critically think if this is really where you want to go and then the difference between that and when it's there to paralyze you you know and so I, I think fear does have a good purpose I also think that it is the biggest sabotager of success it just depends on how you are dealing with it and if you have the tools to move through it and not allow it to paralyze you because yes. you know so many people don't 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after we say it, you said you, you got to write down, write down your goals, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So write it as, write it as the um, fourth one. And, and it's goals. I have um, my clients write out their life plan. So they're planning it out five years in the future. Then they're writing their story like I did. Um, so it's really kind of the first time they're seeing what this crazy thought dream was, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of chapters ago mm-hmm. when we started the journey and seeing it on paper and going, whoa, okay, I could see this coming to life in the next five years. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't just a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. This could happen. These are the goals I need to hit to make that happen. And, and this is how it would affect my life, my relationships, my finances, my passions, my, you know, my whole life. There is also a good point to like know the difference because many people like uh, myself as well was like that. Like uh, we write down a vision and we think a vision is like a goal. And right. it's, it's like uh, I used to like write down, ah, I'm making this, this amount of money. Well, I literally did like 1% of what I wanted. Right, so right, it's like right. knowing like perspective of where you are, right? Right. Well, and also because um, I, have, I have two things. I always ask people like what do you really want and if they say money I'm like that's an, that answer is not even I don't take that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we don't we don't mess with that answer um, because nobody knows what a lot of money would look like in their life yes nobody does unless you are best friends with a billionaire you have no idea what it would look like or feel like in your life you have no idea if its impacts would be positive or negative all you know is what you've seen on TV mm-hmm. and so people just think like oh well Someone said I need to be a millionaire to be successful, so therefore that's what's on my board. And I just think like that's one of the reasons why most people don't do anything because a million dollars is not going to motivate you. A picture of a million dollars is not going to motivate you or the words a million dollars is not going to motivate you when you have $25 in your bank account. You know what I mean? But what will motivate you, and this is what I did that kind of shifted everything, was a story about a future life that you could, could actually live. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I break it out into, you know, for me, the very first vision board that I did was all these moments I wanted to live in my life. You know, like, I wanted to see my kids learn to surf in Hawaii. I wanted to ride a gondola in Venice, you know. Like, I wanted the life. Mm-hmm. And really, if you flip it around, that's, that's probably what a lot of people are sort of thinking when they have that million dollars, right? They think... I have to hit that million dollars in order to have this awesome life. Mm-hmm. And if you go about it that way, number one, you may never hit that million dollars, so you will never have that awesome life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and number two, you're still waiting. You're waiting, waiting, waiting. You hit 500,000, you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. So I can't have my awesome life yet. And I flip the whole thing over and say, let's have an awesome life now. And when you're doing living a life based on happiness and based on everything that you love, the money is going to come. So flip it upside down, like say, what does the money look like in my life? What does it, how does it change my life? What it, you know, what kind of person would I be, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and once you do that, then everything just kind of opens up because you realize, wow, so much is possible. And the beauty of it is it will start showing up in your life way before you have the money. You know, I've done amazing things. I've manifested, so, you know, countless, countless, countless things off of five different vision boards, um, including riding that gondola in Venice, including taking my kids there. My kids and I just got back from two weeks in London and Ireland, and I've flown on a private jet, and we've sat courtside at NBA games. Like, 
we've had this amazing life and I am no millionaire. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, well, one point I hope to be, but it has never been about the money. Those experiences, because that's what I led with. I led with, I want to have this life and I, I want to have it when my kids are young. I don't want to be an old, you know, bag mm -hmm. when this happens. So it started showing up in my life like 18 months later. You know, I went from like food stamps to all expensive trip to New York, you know? So that's the thing that I just think is really magical and that when people kind of understand it, it can rock their world. It's also just very, very important, uh, like you said, like once you write down goals, it's also important to be in the right state when you write it, right? It's like, you, know, you can't write it down when you like feel frustrated or like, oh my God, I've been after 10 hours of work. You gotta put yourself in the right state, like really like feel it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I always have people, like, the story that I have them write about their life is imagining it five years into the future, but in present tense. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, all of a sudden, it's different. It feels different. You know, when I say, like, what is your perfect life? Like, when your life is, like, everything you could imagine it. Let's say you won $10 million in the lottery. You're doing everything you love. You have all the people you love, your spouse, whatever. What does that feel like to wake up? that more, you know, mm -hmm. on a, on a day, on a regular day, what do you do in your new mansion <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, and walk through it and have it be this morning I woke up and whatever, you know, went into my beautiful kitchen and my kids were there and what, then you can start to see it. Then it means something. And that is what triggers your drive and your motivation because the path to that is going to be long and hard and full of a million disappointments. And a million high times too, but getting through those disappointments and stuff is because you have that vision so clear of that one day, man, that one day when I'm doing whatever it is I want to do, oh, it's going to feel so good. Mm -hmm. And then when you do it, it's like deja vu. Like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. So after you write down everything, you got to put a plan, right? Yes. Are you going to make me give away every step in the book and no one's going to buy the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course they're gonna buy it. I just like so want to like uh, say it like in short brief, so you can say it like in two, three words if you want. Just like yeah, like yeah. okay, first so one, dream it, sink it, and write it. So the write it has like two components to it. It has like write the story, and then it has write out some of your goals in in the different categories of your life that matter to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I love goals. I've been a goal writer my whole life, but I think it really you have to be kind of careful the way that you write them because most of the time they're really demotivating the way that we write them. Mm -hmm. So we're writing them in a way that's like impossible. Oh, I, yeah. Or like, Oh, I have to lose 50 pounds or whatever. And again, if you're at ground zero and you have something like that hanging over your head, then if you lose 39 pounds, you're going to feel like a failure, mm -hmm. right? Because you didn't, you didn't lose 50 or whatever. Yes. So I, I'm always a little bit careful with goals. To me, I put them out there as benchmarks as just to tell me like, hey, I'm on the right path, I'm doing the right thing. I almost use it more as like a checklist, right? So like, if my goal is to be a published author, then I know I need to write a chapter a month, check, right? So rather than kind of turning it in a way that is, can be negative and can demotivate us, put it up there as like benchmark. So when I hit this, I know I'm closer. When I hit this, I know I'm closer. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so that's, that's right. It, um, and I, in each of the steps, I've incorporated all the senses because I think that's a big part of learning too, right? Like hearing it, seeing it, writing it, speaking it, 
Um, all of that plays into our success. And or our failure. Yes, and once you like you're doing it, you get into a momentum roll, right? Because yeah. all it's got is just like a little shift. Because uh, uh, most of our uh, like your you know behaviors and everything, it's we have a certain routine we do over and over and over again. That's just like right. Charles Dogan said in his book, The Power of Habit. It's all a matter of changing routines. Once we start to change routines and we do it over and over again, we get into momentum and we still get uh, the same rewards that we yeah. used to have. So it's, and the beauty about a routine is that it forces you to do it when you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key to any success in anything is consistently doing it even when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when you've set up a good routine, it can kind of push you to keep it up, right? Mm-hmm. Even when you would normally want to talk yourself out of it. I think it's really important for us to know what's motivates us because everybody is like different, right? And the uh, example of what I do is like, okay, for example, if I want to wake up at five in the morning, Will it just like put in 5 a.m. in the alarm and I will just wake up? Probably not. For many people, it's not. They're going to eat the snooze again and again. But if I'm committing myself to somebody else, for example, okay, at 5 a.m. I'm going to meet uh, Julio, okay? So I'm going to wake up because I know my brain knows that I'm committed to somebody else. So I I believe like most leaders, just like you, when you commit it to other people, it's automatically gets you into a better routine and you keep it up and then you, you expand your identity. Right, right. No, it's true. It's true. And it's, you know, I think a lot of people don't have people in their life that can hold them accountable Mm -hmm. and be there for them. But if they do, or if you have someone that you think could be that, nurture that relationship because anytime you're doing anything where somebody else can help hold you accountable and you can help hold them accountable, you're going to be that much more successful that much quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk a little bit about your motivational speaking. What got you into doing speaking? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think it's transition um, or kind of like all part of the transition as far as writing and uh, whatever. But in the corporate world, I had done a lot of presentations, if you will, you know, so I was kind of like used to that environment. Um, but it's a whole other thing to get up in front of a room full of strangers and tell your personal story, right? Yes. Like I just did today. Um, and so it's, it's come over time. I would say probably the last five years is really when um, I started doing a lot more of it. And when it first became a dream, I just put a little microphone on my first, you know, on my vision board to kind of represent that dream. And then now where I am today, like that's what I do full time. You know, I coach as well, but I, the speaking is, you know, my number one thing that, that I do. And, um, but it, it's been a long time. I mean, the transition from the first time I thought maybe one day I could possibly, you know, um, was like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's been through every iteration. You know, my very first keynote speech, a huge amount of the audience got up and walked out. And I remember after that going back and thinking, like, I can never do that again. I can never. I will never, you know. Mm-hmm. And I took a little time and shook myself off and got right back at it, you know. Same same with, like, writing the book five times, you yes, know. You, yes. The more you do it, the better you get, just like anything else, so... So if we look like 10 years ago and where you are today, can you truly say that you are happy in your life? 
Oh my God, yes, yes. And it's so funny because I just realized, I just posted on Facebook today that it literally just dawned on me that this year is the 10-year anniversary of all that happening and, you know, my life changing in such a dramatic way. And um, I, I can promise you, not every day is obviously roses and there's a lot, there's so much I want to do. I feel like I'm, you know, like minuscule at where I want to be, but on a day-to-day basis, I literally just walk around going like, Oh my God, (laughs) I'm, I'm doing what I love. I'm my own boss. Like, you know, I was in London with my kids going like, how are we in London? Like, how does this happen? You know? So I think like, I never had that type of joy in my life before, except for, you know, maybe a couple of the big moments that we all go through in life. But like to live life like that is my dream. Truly. You know, like I want to feel that way all the time. I don't feel like that every day, but I would say that I feel like that, a good 70% of the time and I probably felt it like 1% before Hmm. so you know it's it's a huge blessing so what is the next thing for you and do you see yourself for example studying a new relationship in your life (laughs) um I honestly you know it's funny because I didn't even realize this until I was at um, the company Pinterest and I was like teaching all their employees how to make vision boards using Pinterest to Uh to make them. And someone pointed out, because I had my old boards up there, that on all my boards I had like a bride standing by herself. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like no wonder why I don't want a relationship. (laughs) Um, So no, I mean, I think like when the time is right, it would you know, happen maybe naturally, but I feel so fulfilled and happy and content in the life that I've designed. And I did not design it with a dude in mind. (laughs) So I couldn't honestly imagine in this world where my kids are young and, you know, the four of us are so close. I couldn't imagine that, you know, being in any other way. But I think maybe when they go off to college, you know. Uh Maybe when they go off to college. That's mama's third act. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I, I believe like most of us need to find our other half, right? Because uh, it's like at the end of the day, no matter how much success we have, we always want to share it with somebody else and especially with somebody that's close to us. And uh, when we have mixed association in our nervous system of what is relationship like or, or from our past of what happened, so it gets us like to link like either, okay, this is good relationship, but there is also a bad, right? So yeah. it's, it's a matter of knowing how to shift our mindset, just like the limiting beliefs we have, right? And when we shift that and we see like, okay, there is a good opportunity because just like it's, it's just like saying like, uh, uh, when it comes my dream or when it comes, yeah, yeah. I will uh, publish the book. But there is no good time to, to, to put yeah, it, yeah. Uh, uh, something that's really a must in our life, right? Yeah. I would say like, uh, you know, after my divorce, I dated for a couple of years, um, and I've never been as happy as I am now <laughs> without any of that in my life. Um, so, you know, like I said, there might be a time in my life where that changes, but I definitely don't think that I'm missing anything or I, I know that sounds crazy and it did sound crazy to me four or five years ago, you know, um, cause certainly when I dated, I was like everybody else, you know, I did probably think like, Oh, whatever, you know, like maybe I'll find my soulmate and get married or whatever. But that is just so far from anything that matters to me at this stage in my life, you know, and everything that I'm building, um, that I know the time is not right, but 
like I said, I still keep a little open window in case. Maybe do <laughs> a, all your right step, dream it, think it, write a vision board, yeah. know it exactly. I'll be trapped the whole world before any of that. <laughs> okay. Like I'll trap the world, and you know, like then maybe I'll meet my equal. But me on my own picking people has not been great. So I'm gonna let the universe handle that one for me. Uh, <laughs> so what would be the legacy you would like to live? You know, I think if I can teach people, give them tools that are truly change their life, then that is the greatest gift that there is, really, you know? Um, and teaching my children everything that, um, all of this stuff, they practice it and live it as well, um, and raising amazing human beings as children to carry on this next generation um, is the ultimate legacy. I mean, that really, if I've helped inspire someone and provided them with tools to change their life, then it was all worth it. That's awesome. And I want to thank you very much for your time being uh, on my podcast. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people uh, learned a lot about you. You're very humble. And uh, what I like you is uh, you're very authentic and uh, you let yourself be vulnerable about uh, stuff that uh, most people don't have the balls to, to talk about. Yeah, Which is, it's hard. Um, yes, but <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that um, that people resonate with it because I think people need to know that it's it's real life. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. everyone living their dream who looks all shiny and pretty on the outside, it's real life for them too. Just nobody talks about it, and so I kind of have always wanted to be the one to make it real. Mm -hmm. You know, so that people can see that it works for regular chicks like me. <laughs> so last thing, where can we find you? Um, so everything that we've talked about today and much more is on my uh, website, Sarah with an H, uh, Centrella, C-E-N-T-R-E-L-L-A.com. Um, and I have a bunch of events coming up, so check out the event page and all that good stuff. Great, great. Thank you so much, Sarah Centrella. You heard it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me on. If you enjoyed this interview or any other one from the Mind Body podcast, feel free to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share or leave a message at the comments below because your opinion is really important to me. Just like I always say, leaders create leaders, and we all here to grow together. For more information about fat loss, gaining muscle, and taking your mind to all new level, check my site at www.lidodayan.com. Till then, never, ever forget to smile. See you soon.